is the special place of your life. There's no place like home, um, and especially coming home for Christmas. Uh, in our house, we're pretty happy about Christmas this year because our daughter's come back from Liberty University, and she's, she's happy. I think she's happy to be here, and uh, I, I, we're so happy. I think we're more happy than she is. And, uh, you know, home is special. Throughout, the, throughout this past fall, she experienced uh, being away from home and what, what all that entails and the, the life growing up. And she put on her Twitter feed one day and it said, uh, you know, I used to be sick of home, now I'm homesick. And uh, that was a, a good moment for dad anyhow. And uh, that was just a great time. But, you know, that tells you a little bit about what home really is for us. Home is a special place. There's, there's no place like home. You can't, uh, you can't describe home enough because it's just a place that you belong. And, you know, when you think about this, the setup here, you know, we, we tried to make home for Christmas up here. You've got this beautiful set. There's this fireplace. and Everything's perfect around the fireplace. You have... You have the windows are decorated well, the tree, the perfect tree. And, uh, you know, our house doesn't look like that. But it does look like that here because we're trying to portray this image of coming home. Because when people think about Christmas, they want peace. And they're thinking about this peace. And they're thinking about the special environment. And they want everything to be just right in this house so that they have a peaceful time. They have good memories. And, and we make this a special time. Today, I'd like for you to turn to, with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to talk about peace today. And quite often, I find in my life that that's an area that we struggle with. Most people do struggle with peace. Um, we're going to begin in Luke, chapter 2. In our house, on Christmas morning, this is what we do. The, the tree is decorated. The presents are under the tree. But we take out the Bible, and we sit down. And we open up Luke chapter 2, and we begin to read Luke chapter 2. Then we have prayer, and then we open our gifts. So today, would you join me as we read Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that, when, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This morning, I'd like to begin our, our journey of peace with the, the, with the message of the, of the angels to the shepherds. The first part in your notes there, the angels proclaimed peace. They were proclaiming the peace 
This was the mission of God. He was coming to make peace with man. He wanted man to have peace with God. And so as we think of, the, of, this, of this setting where Jesus came and he lied in the manger, the, the mission was not to have a nice story to pop into the scripture. The mission was to have peace with man. That man would have peace with God. And it would be so much more than just a story. That it would be an event that changed the lives of mankind. As we look at that today, I want you to think about the, the, uh, the shepherds that are out in the field and they're just going along and it's business as usual. And their shepherds, they were known as just, just shepherds. They were social outcasts. They're just, just shepherds and there was nothing special about them. They were just a hardworking group of people and, uh, and people typically didn't hang out with the shepherds because they were just the shepherds. And so the shepherds are just shepherds. They're out there and they're doing their thing. And they, uh, they're, they're tending the flock. And it's a, any, like any other normal night. It's a dark night. And they're out there with the sheep. And then all of a sudden, up comes an angel. And the angel shines the glory of the Lord in the sky. So this dark sky now becomes a brightly lit sky with the angel speaking. Verse 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This was the first preacher of the gospel. The angel got to proclaim the message. Said, yes, here is the good news. I'm bringing good tidings. Great news. And as I've read through this passage, I, I've, I've often overlooked the, the major impact of the angel's message here. The angel says, I'm bringing you good news. Do not be afraid. It was common for angels, as Pastor shared last week, it was common for when angelic appearances uh, would happen that for people to be fearful. And so they would always say, do not be afraid. Often you, you read that account in the scripture, the angel would say, do not be afraid. It's not every day you get to see an angel. But they were, the angels did make appearances and they would say, do not be afraid. And this angel says, for I and bringing good tidings of great joy to you. And the great joy, he, he's referring back to Isaiah 9-6. In the city of David, there's the child that was born. He tells him where to go. Um, but the shepherds here, they received, they received the message of peace. In uh, verse 14, verse 13, a multitude of the, angel, of the heavenly host praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. God was receiving the glory. It was glory to God in the highest. And man was receiving peace by this event that was happening. Jesus left heaven and came down to earth. And it was a peace mission. He came to save the people from their sin. He came to give us a way that we might have peace with God. And on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. The angels here... We're, we're, we're glorifying the Lord. And it, again, he went back to this, the, this thought from Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And his name, uh, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And when you think about this, look at, look at the last last title there. These aren't just titles. They're descriptions of who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. He is the wonderful. He is wonderful. His very nature is wonderful. He is the counselor. You need a counselor? There he is. 
Jesus. He's the counselor. The mighty God, all power at his command. He is the everlasting father. When Jesus came to earth, that wasn't his beginning. He was present at creation, the Bible tells us. Jesus was at creation. He's the everlasting father. And so when he came to earth, earth he is the prince of peace. He is the ruler of peace. And so this was his mission. Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the ruler of peace. Jesus came, the next part in your notes, Jesus came to give us peace with God. He came to give us peace with God. Peace is often mentioned in the scriptures. We see more than 300 times uh, that the peace is mentioned in the Bible. And uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll see peace be unto you, different instances and occurrences of peace. And here we see that God has come, the very mission, the angels are telling us that he has come for peace for man that they may have peace with God. Isaiah 53, 6 tells us why that we needed peace. Okay, because we were at war. Uh, peace is the antonym for war. You have war on one hand, you have peace on the other hand. And so God came, that we, Jesus came that, to give us peace. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Another rendering of that passage, I love this, Isaiah 53, 6. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and have gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. See, that's what sin is when we go our own way. It's the big eye problem. I'm going to do what I want to do, regardless of what God or anybody else says. I am going to make my choices, my decision. We've all done our own thing. We've gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins upon him. He's piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. On him. Now think about that this morning. We've gone our own way. We've, our sin has separated us from God. And yet Jesus said, uh, God said, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to send Jesus, my only son, the Son of God comes and He lays down His life. Not only was there a birth on, on, and His body started here, but it was He lived a full life, complete, complete life. 100% God, 100% man. Never sinned, never did anything wrong, yet He knew all of our weaknesses. Yet He lived like we do. Lived on earth as we do. And He was the only spotless sinless Lamb of God that could take away our sin. Isaiah 53, 7 says this, and as we pull that up there, he was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared. He took it all in silence. So Jesus, he was the one, he's the one who secured our peace. He is the one who made peace with God when he died on the cross for us. And so that war is over. There's no more war between you and God if you come and accept his free gift of eternal life. 
When Jesus died, he died to stop the war. He died to bring you to God. The very word peace, you know, try to describe peace. It's a little bit hard at times. Well, you know, you're just peaceful. You can't, you can't, you know, you have to give a little bit more. Here's what peace is, okay? The idea behind the word peace, number one, in the Old Testament is the word shalom, okay? And we see that as a common greeting, peace, peace unto you. And our Jewish missionaries were here this morning, and they, you know, we talk to them and we say shalom. They, they understand, but the deeper side of shalom is a sense of completeness. It's a sense of wholeness. Um, the, the, one word often translated in the New Testament for peace means this, to tie together as a whole when all essential parts are joined together. So it's like your life is being tied together. All the essential parts are coming together. You're, you're bound together, weaving together. And so what was happening was that God was making peace with man when he sent Jesus, and he gave man an opportunity to have peace, that he would draw the essential together. He would draw man to God through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it started in the manger when this perfect son of God came and died. Uh, he came and started that life and lived that life. He paid the penalty for our sin. So I want you to think about that because peace does not necessarily mean the absence of conflict. It is this concept of wholeness being tied together. Uh, uh, Jeff and Arlene shared with me in between services, they said, when you're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, it's more than world peace that we're asking for. We're asking for God to restore these people to God. And that is peace. And this is what happens in your life when you have been restored to God. There's peace, and he weaves your life back together with him. Jesus came that we may experience his peace daily. There's the peace with God, number one. And then secondly, Jesus came that we may experience his peace daily. Um, this is what we refer to as the peace of God. Uh, we have peace with God. Our account has been settled. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for our sin. And we get to go to heaven. That's so exciting. But now you have to live the next 50 years of your life. And in this, in, this, in this next 50 years, before we get to heaven, God says, you may have peace now. And you may experience it now. I look what he said in John 14, 25 through 27. He's telling his disciples this. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So he says, I'm, I'm going to be leaving, but the Holy Spirit is coming, and he will teach you. He's just going to bring, he's going to be, he's going to remind you of everything I've taught you. He's going to bring it to your heart. So, uh, and then verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So God is coming and he's giving you peace. Jesus told the disciples there that he is the source of peace. It is his presence that is the source of the peace. Uh, tranquility, I want you to think about when, when, we're, when a, somebody is a peaceful person, they're tranquil, there's a calmness about them. They're not enraged by the circumstances, by the situations of life. They're able to navigate through. 
It doesn't mean the absence of pain. It means the presence of Christ. And he allows us to be connected to him. He draw, allows our life to be at peace with God when we have pulled this whole life together with God by his power, by the person of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. You want to have peace? You need to have Christ. If you want to have peace in your daily life, you've got to have Christ in your daily life. Uh, I want you to think with me about, about out in the ocean. You're, you're out in the ocean and, uh, and there's a storm comes up. And on top of the water in the ocean, the waves are tossing and turning. If you've ever been out in the ocean and the weather starts to change, you know that's it's not a fun place to be. But down below the surface, keep going way down below the surface, life is normal. For all, the, all that life down under there, life is normal. And that's what peace is like. Circumstances of life blow up. We have life going crazy. There's things all about us that are moving around. In the meantime, down below the surface, I have this inner peace with God. I have his peace. He's given me the peace to know that it's okay. It doesn't matter what's going on out there because I have the peace of God. My circumstances may be good today. They may be bad tomorrow. They're all temporary. But God's given me something that's lasting. And it's called peace. And I have that no matter what changes out there. So how do we respond when things go bad? When our circumstances are up and down, and, and at times it feels like you're riding the wave. First of all, Psalm 103, verse 19 says this, The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. God is in complete control. The, the life, life circumstances are moving and tossing you to and fro. You come back to him and you say, Lord, you're in control. I can trust you. I know that you are still on the throne. Romans 8.28, you can go there. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Once you think about your life, once you think about the mistakes you've made, the past, you say, I wish I had a better past. God says, I'm using it all for my glory. The mistakes, your failures, that's where we get hung up on. We get tripped up so many times on our mistakes and failures. God says, I'm here. I'm going to give you peace. Let's get going again. I'm going to give you peace because everything works together. I'm working your life. I have the plan. God has the plan, not me. And so whenever we come, we submit to him. It's not about what I can do. It's about who he is and what he does. Romans 8.28 is a powerful verse, and that, that has helped me so many, with so many areas of my life whenever I'm able to just realize that, hey, th things may be up and may be down. Whoa, God is in control. And when God is in control, I have peace. Um, if God is a God of peace, why doesn't he take away the pain? Why, there's so much pain in the world that we live in. Uh, the, the, these circumstances are up and down. Why doesn't he change that? Well, once you think with me about this, when you have pain, where do you turn? You tend to turn to God, don't we? When everything's going well and, and there's enough, enough money to pay the bills, it's kind of easy, isn't it? Uh, whenever we're all healthy, it's, it's kind of easy. 
Whenever there's no relational problems, it's kind of easy. But whenever these things come into our life, what does God do? He's drawing us unto himself. And we don't realize it because we're saying, oh, this is so terrible. In the meantime, God's saying, I'm making peace. I'm bringing you to completeness. I'm bringing you to the wholeness of who I am. Let me work in your life. He, he says in that verse in John 14, he says, I give you peace. I'm with you, but I'm not giving you peace like the world gives. See, the world gives. How does the world give peace? It's very shallow. It's very empty. It's kind of short-lived. Now, if I were to take a gift and put it under the tree at your house, what would go in that box that would bring you peace? Would it be a new car? Keys to the car in there? That, that would certainly be fun. Uh, would, it, would, it be, uh, would it be keys to a new house? Then we have to cut the grass, right? Uh, and you start thinking about all these things. It's like, wow, all these things that we live for, that we put so much of our energy into, they're not going to bring us peace. There's nothing that this world can offer you that will give you peace. There's no party out there that will give you peace. There's no excitement that they can give you that will give you peace. Now, if you, if you go to the store right now, and, and the mall, you'll see some of these stores, they have love, joy, and peace. It's hanging up in some of those places you shop. And I want you to think about this. They're, they're kind of portraying a little image. You know, if you buy this, if you shop here, love, joy, peace, you know. Buy that new iPad for your daughter. She'll have love, joy, peace. Uh, I think she'll have anything but that from an iPad, okay? An iPad isn't going to bring you love, joy, and peace. It's going to bring you distraction, if anything. It's fun, don't get me wrong. But these things do not create peace. What creates peace is the presence of God himself. I like what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself. Because it is not there. There is no such thing. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. Without Christ, there is no peace. This is what he wants us to do. He wants us to focus on him. And so if you want to have the peace of God in your life, you're focusing on who he is. You're focusing on the presence of Christ, not focusing on the circumstances around you that are changing, not focusing on the pain. I look at uh, John 16, 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In Christ we have peace. You will have trouble. Take heart. He has overcome the world. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you. This is our overwhelming sense of God is in control. That's where the peace comes in. Now I can navigate through the hard times of life. Um, I want you to think with me this morning about what why most people don't have peace, though. You, you know, God says that we can have peace with God. You have, to, you have to start a relationship with him. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin, came back to life again. And he says, if you'll just receive his free gift by faith, that's how you start that relationship with him. And you have peace with God. 
you want to have the peace of God, we have to focus in on him, on his presence. And here's what happens. Here's a few thoughts this morning. When we suffer a loss of peace, uh, typically it's because we're not walking with God. Uh, think about this. When we're not walking with God, there are some sin areas of our life that we're dealing with. That is whenever we don't experience peace. Isaiah 57 verse 20 says, But the wicked are like the tossing sea, which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. We need to unite ourselves with the mind of Christ. Let this mind who is in Christ Jesus be in you. Have that same mindset of peace, that, that he is there. It's not about what I want in my life. It's about his plan and what he's trying to accomplish. Um, Psalm, Psalm 119 uh, talks about the presence of Christ. And, uh, Psalm 119, verses 65, 165 and 167 talks about the peace of Christ, the, the peace of God. And when you have that peace, what a big change it makes in your life. Uh, don't lose sight of the presence of Christ. That's another thing. First, when we're not walking with God, when we're, when we're dealing with some sin issues, that tends to shake our peace. Um, when, when we lose sight of the presence and the character of Christ in our life, that's whenever we lose our peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, Isaiah 26.3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want to have peace? It has to go, your mind has to go to Christ. We have to go there and fix my thoughts on him. Again, not on all the raging things around me. Yes, we have to deal with these raging things. But my mind is fixed on the greater plan of God. It is fixed on him. What happens when we forget the sovereignty of God? If God is sovereign and he is in complete control and nothing can escape his, his power, what does that say about your situation? It says that you can trust God. Even though you may have disappointments, you may have trials, you may have tribulations, God has a bigger plan. And I have peace when I surrender to God's plan. God is my provider. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. When I remember that, boy, that helps me in those financial times. That helps when things are going a little bit rough. I say, okay, God, I'm coming to you. It's not how I planned, but I'm not on the throne. God, you're on the throne. God is in complete control. Don't give up his peace. You know, when God gives you peace, don't give it up. That's a, another thing that we do. We, we tend to give it up. Somebody, we get into relational issues. You know, think about your family. You have a, a family argument. Um, I was sharing sometimes in our family, there's, you know, most of the time there's peace in our house. And I have a bad habit of disrupting the peace. Uh, something that's typically things that I say or... Things that I don't say. Uh, you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's just like you, you disturb the peace. And, you know, when, when those relational issues start to come, you have to realize that it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't like you. I have peace of God in my life. And there will be interpersonal relationships. And there will be all these things. And God says here that he is going to give us our peace because of who he is, not because of what I have done, because of who God is. It is his presence. Look at Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There it is. If you're worrying, you're not praying. If you're praying, you're not worrying. 
Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now think about that with me. His peace will guard. That's a military term. To guard. It will guard your heart and your mind. It's his peace. It's not something that I can do. It comes from him. It comes from his presence. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. There's our confident assurance in God's plan. And as, we, as, as, I, as we're thinking about this, and I'm looking at people who experience peace in their life, I had the privilege of visiting with one of our elderly people. Uh, they were in the hospital just a few weeks ago. And this lady was really going through it. Potential surgeries were pending for her. And I went in, I just said hello. And I'll tell you what, I, I saw, boy, there's a, it's tough tough situations that they're facing. But God ministered to me that day because I saw a presence of peace in this lady's life. Knowing what she was going through and what she had to face the next day, I asked her, how are you doing? She goes, I'm doing very well. It could be a lot worse. I said, but you might have to have surgery. And she said, oh, it's just surgery. And she said, God is upon me. And she, this lady explained, and she had such a peace about her because she walks with God. And she was living in the presence of Christ. And I walked out of there. I sat in my car as I left that day, and I said, there was something special happening in that lady's life because she has peace. She has negative circumstances to deal with, health concerns, crisis. But God gave her peace. That's the peace that no one else can explain. In my life, I remember a few years ago, we went on a missions trip to the Bahamas. And uh, we, we went down there, came back. It was a family trip. We landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. And my wife took ill. And I thought she just needed to have some water. So I did a good husbandly thing and I gave her water. And then the next thing I had to give her was an ambulance. And I sent the kids on home with the rest of the group that day, and I'll never forget that. Because we went down to the hospital, and, and I'm like, oh, she just dehydrated. And we got in there, and the doctors agreed at that point, and they put an IV on her and said, hopefully just give her these fluids, and she'll be fine by the morning. And the morning never came for me. In the middle of the night, they came in, and they started whisping her around, they rushed her out, and, and it became a life-threatening condition for her. And I'll never forget it because the one nurse looked at me and said, Mr. Barner, we're going to do everything that we can. And I almost passed out at that statement. I'll never forget, I called Pastor Arnold here at 6 in the morning. And Pastor knows if I call him at 6 in the morning, there's something deadly wrong. That just doesn't happen. And I, he had prayer with me on the phone. And I'll tell you what, my life was falling apart. That I, I, started, I had visions of what could go wrong, what was going to happen. And they were taking her off to the intensive care unit. And I'll never forget, at that moment, after we got off the phone and prayed, God put a peace on me that I cannot explain to you. And if you know anything about me and medical issues, I fall apart. But God held me together. And I had this peace. 
as I sat by her bedside for a week, waiting to get out of intensive care, that God was there, and that no matter what happened, and I had all the scenarios that could have happened, no matter what happened, God was going to be there. And he gave me that peace, and I was able to navigate that time. So as we close today, I want to give you this thought. If I can trust him for the peace with God, then I can trust him. The next step is to trust him for the peace of God. See, this has to do with living in his presence. He is our peace. And so if I can trust him for the peace with God, for my salvation, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Today, I can trust him for the peace of God. And I have to focus my heart and thoughts there. Let's bow in prayer. With your head bowed and eyes closed, would you just respond to the King of kings and the Lord of lords today? Jesus came that you might have peace. He wants you to have peace with God. He wants you to have peace. The peace of God. He wants you to experience this every day of your life. If you've been living in torment, you don't have to live in torment anymore. Because God is in control and he wants you to come and focus on his presence, not your problems. You can focus on your problems or you can focus on his presence. Today, if you've never opened your heart to God and you didn't, You've never began this relationship with God. That's where it starts. If you need the peace with God, you need to settle this account with Him. Open your heart to Him today and just pray something like this. Dear God, I need to make peace with you. I'm a sinner and I've walked a life that is against your way. But you came and died on the cross for me. You came back to life again. And I invite you into my heart right now, Lord. I need your peace in my life. And for others, maybe you've not been walking in a daily walk of peace. You've been, your life wouldn't, would say, I need peace today because I haven't had it lately. Would you respond to the Lord right now and say, Lord, help me. Help me to realize you are with me every step of this journey. Lord, help me to focus my thoughts on you, not on me, not on my will, but on you, Lord, and your plan. Father God, we come before you, and I just pray that you'll be with each person here as they respond to you. Lord, we, thank, we are so thankful at Christmas time that you've come that we might have peace with God. We're thankful that you've come that we may have the peace of God in our life. So Lord, I ask today that you'll allow us to begin to experience this peace that only comes from you. Lord, complete us. Tie our loose ends together as we come for peace at your feet. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing song. Emmanuel, God with us. It's the presence of God. The presence of God will give you peace. What hope we hold this starlit night. A king is born in Bethlehem. Our turn.
streets to the hollow it may.